Hello, everyone. This is Sean Boyce from Next Step Product Strategy. Here recording another podcast episode with, we have Neil Gomes as our guest. Hello, Neil. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you very much, Sean. Thanks you for having me. And Neil is the Chief Digital Officer and Executive Vice President for Technology Innovation and Consumer Experience for Thomas Jefferson University and Jefferson Health here in Philadelphia. So, Neil, that is a mouthful. Help me better understand what all of that means. Yeah, so um, the chief digital officer position is uh, nowadays people are quite familiar with what that is, but I can elaborate. Uh, But I I always like to start with the uh, uh, EVP for tech innovation and consumer experience side of things because uh, it speaks to uh, the mindset that we have and uh, uh, where we place a lot of importance. And that is uh, the first is really on consumer experience. And we feel that uh, most other industries that have evolved in the last few years um, and and the companies within them that have led some of that evolution or revolution, whichever way you look at it, um, have done so by being really, really focused on the consumer and building value for the consumer in a way that um, sometimes the consumer may not even say that is what they want, right? Um, they may not even they may not even say that's what they want, uh, but uh, uh, these companies uh, that that move their industries are very good at anticipating that, and then putting not just product into place, but also process into place that m- makes it possible to do what they want to do, as well as build a business model around it. And I think that's important, and that's why my title has tech innovation and consumer experience. So we focus. Uh, a lot on the consumer, what the consumer might want, and healthcare and education certainly need that. And then we also um, understand that technology and innovation led by technology changes are important to our industry and that we need to leverage those. But they're not the sole thing. And uh, finally, on the chief digital officer side, um, and this is really sometimes uh, what the chief digital officer does at many organizations is completely different from organization to organization. And at our institution, uh, my focus in that space is really on design uh, development. So uh, many times that happens to be software development and um, and learning. Uh, so, you know, developing new types of learning as well as developing learning for the products that we create. Um, so that's uh, that's what I do. Um, digital, we understand, is a major platform, too, for change, and hence we feel like it's important enough to uh, have this type of position uh, to lead that for our organization. Excellent. Thank you for clarifying. There's a lot of really interesting things that you had mentioned that I'm probably going to draw a little bit more attention to. In particular, I heard you say heavy focus and emphasis on the consumer, better understanding them. And then building, you also had mentioned building a business model around what you're doing. I think that's critical as well also, because you don't just want to essentially, essentially how I would translate that into a lot of the work that we do is capturing the voice of the customer Mm -hmm. and then ultimately building your product into a business, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So figuring out what the revenue model looks like, all the financial aspects of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are two really critical, really important aspects of what you mentioned that I wanted to draw attention to specifically. So thank you for sharing. Helpful. Um, if you didn't have anything else to add there, I was going to move into a few other questions that I had here. Sure. So 
uh, give me a little bit of more background about you know how you got into doing this work, what your kind of career path and progression looked like, and yeah, essentially what brought you to where you are today. All right. Uh, yeah, when I look back on on what I've done in the last uh, three companies or so that I've worked at, um, I think uh, I I can sum it up by saying that I like building companies inside of companies and mostly lean startup, agile kind of companies inside other companies that take a um, uh, that take a a change paradigm that's happening in that industry. It might be digital, might be just technology, uh, it might be uh, you know machine learning or AI. And, and then making that into a reality and building a business model around it, one that works, one that uh, enables that business or that product or that service to sustain itself over time. Um, and then I feel like I, I build the right types of teams around that that can deliver while staying lean and, uh, and uh, executing on things, so not just talking about it. So um, my the direction that my career path is very non-traditional. I started out as a student of science, so so I I, I got my my undergrad degree in uh, physics and electronics. So completely, almost completely different from what uh, I do right now. Uh, there is still a lot of electronics in what I do and some physics too, but uh, not to not to a, a large extent. And then I did an MBA, which is more aligned to what. Uh, uh, what I do right now, and in between, I I, I worked with a very small company uh, in the sales side, and then after that, uh, I got my MBA. And uh, once I got my MBA, then I started working with some smaller companies first, startups, and then um, and then moved to a large organization called the Tata Group of Companies in India. Um, this is a Fortune 500 company, about a 108 billion dollar company, and. Uh, uh, and in, and it is a company that really valued entrepreneurship, as they called it, and uh, they had really invested in a new company. Um, and uh, a few of us uh, joined when that company had about 30 people. And, um, and then in two years, we grew it to about 650 people, uh, generating a lot of revenue for this very large organization. So uh, there I learned at a very young age, you know, how to build these types of teams that can bring about a lot of change. Uh, how to leverage change that is happening in an industry, usually led by technology uh, and more recently by design and, and a human-centered kind of experience, and, um, and then leverage that to bring value to the organization and to the consumers that we serve. So I did that at the Tata Group of Companies in a short span of time, about two years, and then uh, was very taken in by the uh, digital education revolution or the digital learning revolution, both on the corporate side as well as academia. And so I wanted to study it. And that's how I uh, got to the U.S. and uh, enrolled in, an, in another master's program in education and, uh, uh, and then studied and worked in the same field at the University of South Florida in Tampa. And uh, while I was there, we built uh, an e-learning enterprise of sorts, uh, generating about $36 million or so per year uh, on a very small spend. And so, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we created some real, real value for that institution, which is a public university. And, um, uh, and then I decided I would get into healthcare because, uh, you know, uh, the impact in healthcare, especially on the way 
people live and you know not just improving lives like education does but also saving lives was what attracted me to healthcare and then i started working at usf itself in the healthcare space uh, building teams again like these that can uh, that leverage both learning as well as um, digital solutions and solution platforms and then um, was recruited into jefferson uh, by our president and ceo dr steve glasgow who's a fantastic leader in the space and uh, understands the value of technology as well as the consumer experience and um, and created this uh, avenue uh, for growth at Jefferson. Um, and, uh, and so at Jefferson, we've been enabled to build a team that can address these issues and not just talk about them, but also actually uh, make it happen. You know, and this is what great companies do. Uh, you know, they uh, they don't just say I'm in this business, like uh, Amazon, for example, doesn't just say that they're in the business of selling stuff. Uh, they also understand that in order to sell that stuff, they have to be a design organization. They have to be a technology organization, you know, one that understands the back ends of these technologies really well and, uh, and is able to develop solutions that help them differentiate themselves from their competitors and then provide consumers a much better experience and then change the industry as a whole. So, um, so that's what we're trying to do here at Jefferson and uh, that's the direction in which my career has brought me and I really am excited about it. Yes, that's very cool. Thank you for that background. It's always interesting and I know myself and both the listeners will be curious how you kind of wind up there. So it's an interesting background and I've done something similar but you said a couple of things there I want to draw specific attention to, especially for the listeners, and that's that you like building companies inside companies. I think that's really interesting. A number of the work that we do at Next Step is we work with companies and their particular, their centers for innovation, which is essentially kind of like that. So it's similar to an incubator. They run accelerator programs. They do all kinds of cool stuff where you get a little bit kind of the best of both worlds, where I know a lot of people are, are attracted to the startup world because it's a lot of innovation, moving really fast, they're working on cool new technology, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't necessarily have to be at a startup. It sounds like you have built something and you are you know, running something within a larger organization that operates much more like kind of the startup world and where you're doing a lot of new innovative things. And I heard you mention a few things there too as well, like Lean and Agile, which we work with regularly. And it's a lot of what we teach from. So that's a really cool aspect and something I just wanted to make mention specifically for the listeners is that you don't necessarily have to start your own company or be a part of a startup to get that kind of experience. There's a lot of cool things going on, <clears throat> excuse me, at, at companies and organizations like Jefferson, where you kind of get a little bit of the best of both worlds. Is that, would you agree with kind of that uh, description, Neil? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, in fact, there's a lot more meaning sometimes working in organizations like ours. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the uh, in the healthcare space, as I said earlier, uh, you know, we affect a lot of people's lives and at the worst times of their lives. And so uh, if we can use technology to improve that and then build it to scale, um, the meaning that a software developer derives out of their own life and, uh, you know, how they use it is tremendous. You know, and it's what motivates me. It's what motivates a lot of the people that come to work with us on our team. And many of them haven't even heard or weren't even looking at a healthcare organization as the place to work because they don't feel like, oh, a healthcare organization that's, uh, you know, hiring software developers, a healthcare organization that's looking at designers, a healthcare organization that's looking at 
creative learning specialists that can create new learning products, you know, that's almost never something that they've heard of, you know, and so not some, not a place that they're looking at for jobs. So we have to actively recruit them from other organizations or on LinkedIn and those types of things. And, um, but once they get here and they, they listen to what we do, um, it's, it's most people that we want to hire usually join us and uh, because it brings a lot more meaning to their lives. Um, the, uh, I think that, that is uh, something that really motivates me every day. Very cool. Very cool. All right, let's take a look here. So other questions I would have are, if you could talk a little bit about the specific kind of work that you guys have going on at Jefferson, or I've also heard it called a little bit differently. And I, I love the branding where I've seen the ads where it's, it says call Jeff, where it's abbreviated and shortened into Jeff. I really like yeah. that branding component it because it feels very personal to me. All of yeah. a sudden a company becomes someone that I feel like I've known for a while. <laughs> it's almost like a close friend of mine, like call Jeff, Jeff will make everything. Okay. I think that's really cool. So give us an idea on some of the cool stuff that you guys have going on over there, uh, projects that you're responsible for, anything that, uh, you know, what's the latest? Sure. Well, so I'd like to start with just the team itself, you know, and, and how we get stuff done um, and then talk a little bit about what we do um, and what we've done. So so the team is is pretty simple. I mean, we've uh, the way we've designed it is uh, we have a design team that uh, doesn't just do UI, UX design for software products, but also does research. Uh, ethnographic research mostly, so going out into the field and determining if a solution that somebody comes to us, and most of the times people come to us with a solution, and they say, hey, you know, I'd like you to make this for me. And then our next question usually is, well, why? And then they wonder why we're asking that question, because many times they feel like, hey, I'm giving you some kind of purpose, you know. Uh, and uh, and uh, usually we want to determine whether the person coming to us has actually identified what the real problem is. And what outcome they want to uh, receive after they've solved the problem. And many times people haven't thought about that. They're usually enamored by some new digital technology that's out there and they want to just use it. Um, and, um, and so we have to, in a disciplined way, kind of you know, ask these questions. And that's what our design team does. So it finds out what the real problem is, sometimes by even visiting the space and because healthcare is very tangible, non-abstract kind of space. So if somebody tells us they have a problem, we can experience it. We can go there and see what it's like. Um, I mean, certainly not uh, get operated on, but uh, you know, we can watch other people or we can, uh, in some cases, like in an outpatient kind of scenario, even experience it ourselves as a, as a patient. Um, so, so we do that. And then we try to determine whether a technology solution is even required. And so that's, again, what the design team does. So we don't get to any kind of development until all of this evaluation is done. And we do it very rapidly, so we don't make people wait for a very long time. Um, and, um, and some of it is just discipline, you know, in the way that we do these things and the way that we uh, parallel structure our organization and our group. Then um, after that, we actually get into development and all of that is agile. You know, it's, it's lean startup, agile kind of development. Um, so we produce things very quickly. Um, we also engage the uh, client a lot through um, by representing the client as a as a product owner or uh, bringing them in into evaluation. You know, including them on our scrum boards and all of that, so that they can see what's happening at any point in time and they can participate in that development. Um, then we get things out a lot faster because it's a 
it's an it's an agile process you know in about two weeks sometimes instead of three months or six months or a year they're seeing an actual product and they're they're testing it out in the environment to make sure that it works you know in a way that's responsible we're not putting anyone's uh, lives in danger or anything of the sort and then um uh, and then we go as we are doing this many times we involve our learning teams because you know many people discount the value of this but uh, when you make something new it it is new so to many people it's a new process to many people it's something different that they have to do so you have to ease them into it you have to reduce the anxiety of change and that's what our learning team does it's not so much focused on uh, you know oh this is the x and y and z of how you do this thing it's more ab- about easing people into this new kind of environment and uh, and we do that not just at the beginning of a project or something like that we understand that people come into a process and they leave a process and some people join the organization and they leave the organization well how do we make sure that all these folks are aligned to doing the thing that makes the solution possible so that is why we engage in creating good learning sometimes many times online so you know we don't have to be there all the time with them uh, make it very simple very easy to use uh, some of it is video based some of it is is text based you know on wikis and things like that that we design and we use technical writers for so it's very very direct uh, and less time consuming than most other uh, types of learning and uh, uh, and then you know you you breathe life into a solution and you keep it living for a much longer time so that's the construct of my team as well as how we get things done um and uh and then uh, uh, the, to get to the products so through this whole process uh, we are in many ways winnowing down what we do right because many times when we start asking people the why questions uh, some people don't come back to you you know they're just well i i really uh, don't have the time for this and it's great that you realize that right at the outset because they would have probably done that soon after you got engaged or maybe a couple of months later and then you would have not had a finished product right so right at the outset uh you some people are uh, getting discouraged by that but they really shouldn't if that was a real problem that they really wanted to solve right and was going to bring them a lot of value so um uh so right away we end up creating the things that the organization really needs that are of high value through this process um and then when we make things um a lot of them are very very focused on the consumer experience side of the equation not the technology first so and our consumer for us is not just the patient or the student they are the most important of course but also our staff who are equally important um and uh, many times we design solutions that are just for our staff to reduce the total time spent in doing a process to uh, make it easier to communicate with uh, uh, across groups or teams so you know these solutions might be just directed at uh, the uh, staff members but most of the time um the ultimate effect is felt by the patient or the student and um and that pleases us um and and we have about four goals that we work from um you know and uh, and these have stayed uh, the same for us over the last few years and that is uh, we 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 want to increase the quality of service we provide across the organization so this would be when we work with a clinical department usually a lot of things that we're doing uh, because they're consumer focused we're trying to improve the quality of the service or the product that somebody is delivering 
We also try to reduce cost as much as possible and reduce the amount of time spent in delivering a service. Um, so, so some reduction of cost and time, usually those are both related also. Uh, so that again, for our consumers, it's a, uh, it's, it's a more efficient process and it's one that doesn't cost them as much as it used to. And then uh, another, the, the third goal is uh, to, and we're not naive about this, you know, most organizations uh, think, okay, well, if we just did those two things and that's good enough, uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, then when some of the solutions that you create don't sustain over time unless you also contribute via these solutions towards the growth of the organization. And so that's our third uh, goal is to uh, enhance the growth of the organization. So if you're doing something good, we would like that good to be amplified a few times over and hence uh, grow the organization through that. And that's the best test of whether something's successful or not too. And then finally, we want to create some kind of differentiation. So we want to be able to say at the end of this that, look, we are doing something that's different from most other people, you know, and this is why you should choose to come to us because we will provide either a better experience, a more optimized experience, we are more cutting edge, we provide better quality of service, um, you know, we are the place of choice for most people. So through our efforts, we also try to create differentiation. I hope I answered your question through that. Yes, you definitely did. Thank you for that. I like the way, in particular, there's a couple of things that you had mentioned, which was which was interesting to me as well. I I definitely connected with and your messaging about evaluation before development really stuck with me. That's the angle that we push pretty significantly as well a system that we work with to help people further develop their products breaks it into three phases where we start with the market first, then we get to their idea. So out, out of the market phase comes the problems that we're solving. The idea phase is all about validating our solution with the same market segment. And then product is, is all about execution, but that stage is later. So I like the fact that you guys are iterating in that way as well too, keeping things lean and agile and rapidly prototyping. It's, uh, it's, it's encouraging. So, but no, absolutely. Uh, well answered for sure. Thank you. Sounds like you guys have some really interesting work going on. Um, this has been fantastic. I, I know I have learned a lot. Uh, it's a very interesting angle to learn more about what's going on at Jefferson and the kind of great work that you and your team are doing. Uh, next questions that I would have for you are going to be oven related to what product and or industry specific resources books can you share with our audience to learn more about you know, everything that you've picked up and the things that you pull from in your experience to make your team and your company better? Sure. Um, well, firstly, I'll, I'll just mention a few products themselves because, you know, uh, your listeners may be wondering, okay, so what have these folks done, <laughs> right? So, um, sure. uh, so a lot of our efforts um, are around innovative ideas that people within the operational side of the organization come up with. And some, of course, are things that we kind of push the organization that are many times uh, digitally led or technology specific. But uh, the, the, the things I really love are the ideas that come from our uh, people in the field doing the work, you know, and these are not just leadership, but, you know, people on the ground. And many times they come to us with the best ideas and uh, they just don't have a way to realize them. So some of them, uh, for example, are uh, you know some work we did with the ER early on uh, when we started our teams, 
um, where, uh, you know, the folks in the ER felt like the solution they wanted us to create was uh, um, one that was focused on changing the front end interface of an EHR they were using in the ER before because they felt it was too confusing. And we, they tolerated our why questions. And so they enabled us also to go into the actual ER environment and, and study what was going on there. And uh, they weren't afraid of that. So, um, so we went in and we found out that the people that were actually using that EMR uh, was so proficient in it that uh, that uh, they were like air traffic controllers, you know, looking at some kind of code book and they knew exactly uh, what those colors were on the screen and, and all of that. So it wasn't a problem of interpreting the data. So we didn't have to change the interface. But the real problem was uh, that a lot of um, the work in the ER is very directed work. So it means people are waiting for directions. So we changed the process of the ER into one that was more um, uh, focused on, on agility and enabling team members to make decisions on the fly, but decisions that were data-guided decisions. So we created these solutions that were more like uh, real-time dashboards that are still being used in our ERs uh, four years from, since we implemented them. And, um, uh, and they bring about a lot of change in the throughput, uh, in an ER, speeding things up, getting people quickly to physicians, uh, making sure that people that don't need to be in the ER uh, can get to go home as as quickly as possible uh, if they were just worried about something and didn't really need to be there. And those that really needed to be there were addressed very, very quickly. So, so these real-time dashboards enable that, enable anyone in the ER to just look up at the large screen monitors that they put in there because they found these to be of tremendous value. And with all of this very, very pertinent data that was uh, that was... Uh, design engineered, I would say, you know, in a way that it was useful and it it was action oriented. So, you know, that people would look at it and say, okay, I can do something about that and walk into somebody's room and address an issue because they, uh, the dashboard said that person had been waiting too long or that person, uh, you know, is uh, uh, needs to be admitted or something like that or is a readmit. So, uh, so all of this intelligence being available to people in real time and immediately so that they can make decisions and move the ER and move the patients through the ER really quickly. So that was one great example, I think, and a very satisfying example for us. And then others are uh, sometimes, um, you know, surprising to us, you know, like, for example, uh, since consumer experience matters a lot to us, we, uh, we, we pulled the organization uh, for... Uh, the ability to collect this data and 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 when we had the conversations we learned that um, you know a lot of this is done by third-party companies like Prescani and others and um, and a lot of this consumer experience data is collected especially from hospitals only after the person's discharged and about three weeks or so after they're discharged which means that not uh, everybody answers the surveys uh, and uh, people have forgotten what happened really in that environment and many times when they complain about something, they don't provide context. So if somebody said the room was dirty, you don't know what that really meant. So, uh, you know, was it that things were out of place? Was there actual dirt? Where was the dirt? You know, what, what, what was, uh, was it in the bathroom? Was it in the, in the main area? Um, so, so you don't know. And the only direction you can give your cleaning teams is, hey, people are saying the rooms are dirty, you know. And so what we did was we developed an administrative rounding tool that enabled the system administrators, the hospital system administrators, to go around, and they, they are very committed to this, so that's why it works, really, not, not because of just the technology, but 
made it very easy for them to round in the hospital, spend two hours even a week, which is what they do, and talk to patients, talk to employees, get their feedback, point out to things that are not working using an iPad app. They can actually take pictures of things that are not working and video even and triage it to the right people that will get it to work. And so uh, patients started seeing people coming in and fixing problems while they were in the hospital itself, not after they left. And so that improved our hospital ratings tremendously from uh, by nearly two stars in less than uh, six months, in less than eighteen months, sorry, which is uh, which is tremendous. Not many people see that kind of change uh, in a hospital uh, in that amount of time. So, and that also meant economically that we got better reimbursements from payers and uh, in, in our space uh, because we were providing better service. And so, uh, you know, monetarily also to the organization, it brought some value. So, I think those two are examples of things we do. We do them very quickly. Um, the rounding tool was developed in three three months by two people, uh, you know, and uh, uh, we would have uh, by now it's returned about two and a half million dollars in value just from licensing, because we've uh, expanded as a health system and so it's being used at a lot of our hospitals now, and we would have paid uh, nearly that amount to to keep this thing. Um, uh, to, to buy an external product. So we made this on our own and hence we saved the organization um, reduced cost in that way. But there's also the other upside of uh, better patient experience and uh, and then the upside of increased revenue also because we are providing a better patient experience. So uh, it's a win-win-win all around. Um, so before I, uh, so to, to then get and answer your, your real question, which was, uh, what kinds of resources, books, etc. Uh, we, as you might have guessed, you know, are big fans of uh, Eric Ries's Lean Startup. Uh, we are big fans of the Agile methodology, and so any books really on the Agile methodology, if they're uh, well written, I would highly recommend them. Also, a big fan of Measure What Matters, which is a book by John Doerr on this principle called OKRs, and um, uh, and it's basically a kind of Agile esque. Um, uh, principles, they're, they're kind of Agile-esque principles, but more applied to management so that management can prioritize, um, you know, objectives and and, and, uh, 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 and and really drive them across the organization in a way that is easily understood and easily um, implemented. Uh, so those are those are the kinds of books. Uh, other things to build a successful product or product business. I think a good focus on human-centered design is very, very important. Uh, most great innovations start when you listen to your customer. So collect a lot of feedback. Um, always be collecting feedback. Don't think that it's something you do at the end of a year or something like that. When you make something new, be always collecting feedback. Measure before you put a new solution in so that you have a baseline and then measure after. Uh, you know, that's very, very important. So you can you can tell the value story of what you created. Um, and if there isn't value, then you know that you've got to pivot and change or stop doing what, what you were trying to do. Don't get too married or too passionate about a solution such that you will not react to it if it in, in a way that uh, if it's not working that you will stop doing it or pivot to doing something slightly different um so that's that's mostly my my uh few words of advice kind of and uh, you know you can take that with a grain of salt but uh it's very very specific to my experiences i like it no that's great uh, the lean startup is obviously a big winner a couple of other great mentions in there as well also and i like that that last part as well also about measuring before and after so you have the delta 
of the impact, the value of what it is you're working on. And if you don't find it, then looking at options for pivoting. So not to get too close to any particular solution. Yeah. Uh, it's more about finding what generates the most value for you and your customers. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's a great way to read, to, uh, to summarize. And then uh, last time we spoke, I believe you had made some mention of you yourself are working on a book or some form of a resource. Is that correct? Yeah, that is right. Um, okay, so, great. How's that coming along? Where is that at? Uh, when can we expect something like that? Yeah, so it will be towards the end of this year. So maybe in the last quarter of this year, uh, this annual year. Uh, the book is uh, going to be called, at least as far as I I would like it to be called, depends on the publisher also, but uh, it'll be called Code, um, you know, and uh, it's I'm, I'm using both meanings of the word, um, you know, not the, from the technical perspective, coding and programming and, and the digital space, as well as uh, code as in principles, you know, so the subtitle is uh, 12 Principles to Engage Teams and Drive Growth in the Digital Economy. Um and I, and I kept it broad because, you know, I don't think it's just healthcare specific and I'm using a lot of examples from other industries too, from my uh, uh, interviews with people in other, uh, in other industries. And uh, uh, we have 12 principles that run our team and it's more like we have 13, but we have a zero principle that's, that it, it is, has to happen, you know, in every interaction we have. And that is that we are human and our humanity is best re realized in service of others. And that's very important specifically especially in our industry, a very important to decision-making for all of our team members. But we have several other, uh, you know, uh, principles, the, the remaining 12, um, you know, focuses our friend with is the enemy is another one. So, you know, always stay focused on what you're doing. Try not to diffuse too much in a way that you won't achieve anything, right? And uh, that's a lean startup kind of thing too. Uh, we just say it in a little bit more, a little bit more of a catchy way so that it sticks in your mind. Um, we also have one called Follow the Incentive, and that's really from uh, the book Freakonomics. And, um, and, and, we, and, and we, I really liked it because in healthcare especially, we try to bring, to bring about change for a consumer uh, of healthcare and education. Uh, many times, uh, somebody else has to do the work uh, to make that, um, to make that uh, better experience a reality. And many times, um, there isn't any uh, discrete incentive for the person to do that, uh, except an altruistic goal or, um, you know, uh, uh, maybe the person is the one who came up with the idea, right? And so they're very passionate about it. But other than that, uh, you know, for the process to have a life of its own or for the solution to have a life of its own into the future, you really, really, really need to find a way to engage the people that make it happen and build incentives in the solution itself uh, so that it, when you move to doing something else in the organization, uh, this uh, solution that you created doesn't die, right? It, it continues on. Otherwise, people will revert to doing whatever they're doing before, in most cases, if they don't have any kind of incentive uh, to keep doing it. Uh, and there are many creative ways to build that into a solution. Um, so these are just some of our uh, principles, and there's lots of meaning behind them. But most importantly, what it does is it creates a culture of innovation, a culture of creative thinking, a culture of focus on design, on uh, agile uh, principles. And... Um, uh, the the a mentality of service, you know, to deliver wows. That's our last principle, and to also uh, be human in everything that you do, and, and we feel that's important. 
to an organization like ours and to any organization. And most organizations that do this kind of work really succeed in today's economy. Um, so, so I think, uh, so that's a little bit about my book and, uh, uh, and uh, at least an early title <laughs> and you can correct it towards the end of this year. That's excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it sounds very interesting. Looks, sounds like there's going to be a lot to be learned. And then last question that I have for you is who should reach out and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, well, I'm very active on Twitter and LinkedIn, so you can always find me there. It's just Neil Gomes. Uh, Twitter is uh, at the rate Neil Gomes, so um, it's easy to find me. And um, and on LinkedIn, it's the same. It's linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Neil Gomes. Um, uh, glad to talk to people. I engage always on LinkedIn and, and Twitter because, you know, people come and come up to us with great ideas, great suggestions of uh, other companies that want uh, to either work with us or that we should work with. And um, I learn a lot from other people's experiences. So happy to get as many ideas as I can and as many reach outs as I can on these two channels. I like it. And I feel the same. I say, uh, I can never have too much data. <laughs> Whatever helps me identify more patterns comes up with additional ideas. I'm always happy to hear more thoughts. So perfect. I'll include those links in the show notes so people can find you on those platforms, reach out and start a conversation. So uh, that is what I have today. I want to thank you, uh, Neil, for joining us and sharing with us and our audience your story and giving us a ton of valuable feedback about essentially entrepreneurship, product, uh, starting businesses, building great products, healthcare, uh, and sharing with us some great resources. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we wrap up here today? Uh, no, I think uh, thank you, firstly, for having me. And uh, um, I hope anyone that's trying to get down this road of um, digital transformation as well as consumer-focused innovation, um, you know, if there's lots of great companies, lots of other stories also of success. Um, so do try to read up on that, listen to podcasts like these, um, and, uh, engage with people, uh, before you, you immerse yourself into doing something, because there's a lot to be learned from other people's experiences in this space. And you'll save yourself a lot of time if you did that too. Perfect. Thank you much for that. And thank you for joining us, Neil. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the product launch podcast powered by next step. If you're looking for help with your product business in the area of product strategy or product management, please feel free to reach out to Next Step to learn more about how we can help at hello at nextstep.io. That's hello at nxtstep.io. Additionally, if you know anyone who has experience building, running, or managing a product or product business and would like to be a guest on our show to share their story, please have them reach out to our organizer at podcast at nextstep.io. That's podcast at nxtstep.io. Thanks and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.